2024 is the year of podcasts, and we want to let you know about a brand new show that is live right now. Join with me to share the good news about the Worthy of Everything podcast. It's just one of the two hosts, Jaja Lasso. Jaja, you've been working on this podcast in the background. Our team has been very excited as we've been preparing for its launch. How does it feel to know that the episodes finally are out there and we're moving forward every single week? It is so exciting and I am just excited to see where God takes it and I have so much hope that it is going to be an incredible blessing to the listeners. Amen, amen. But as I understand it, this is a show tackling the issues of mental health through the lens of the gospel. Can you share just a little bit more about the heart and the intent and who you're really trying to serve through the Worthy of Everything podcast? So I personally was freed from depression and as I've come to understand my freedom from sin and identity in Christ, I start to recognize all these amazing gifts that God has given us. So yeah, just exploring and hearing awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. The world doesn't think that the gospel can change your life, but we know that it can. And that's why we want you to hear these stories, stories of transformation, stories of freedom, people getting free from sin and healed from sin because of Jesus. This is Death to Life. The lie of the enemy is like that you need to be in control. And I think so much of dating is you being in control because everyone was trying to encourage me to quote unquote put myself out there. In the middle of this conversation, Serena, we both kind of just shared our testimonies and shared our stories. And like in the middle of the conversation, though, like I looked at her and just I was like, I already love her. Yo, welcome to the Death to Life podcast. This is Big Rich. And today's episode is with Serena and JB. And I've known Serena a long time. She has an episode in season one. It's wild. And then JB has an episode later in the, in season one. And then they got married. And this is their episode together. This is a, a DTL, LRT, L-O-V-E relationship. So, um, but there's been a lot of things that they've learned. And um, yeah, we're giving the people what they want. They want to hear the story. So here's the story. Uh, if you want to partner with Death to Life, if these stories have blessed you, listen uh, for the end of the podcast um, because we have a way that you can partner with us. Check that out. But um, let's just jump into that, this podcast. Uh, buckle up and strap in. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Man, this is real talk. God is loving on me. Colorful and innocent, that's on me. Got me standing in the light and it's on me. It's a new heart. It's a new beat. It's a new thing, it's a new seat, it's a new thing, it's a new dream, it's a new heart, it's a new beat. Hey, what are we life. talking about today on the Death to Life podcast? Love. Love. Um, so, you guys just got married eight months ago, nine months ago? Eight months. Seven. Who's to say? Who's counting? Oh, yeah, it's been eight. <laughs> it's been eight months. December is in December. Yeah, it's been eight months. <laughs> and you guys, uh, we don't have to tell the whole story, but 
give us the uh, give us the rundown. How did you guys? What, what happened? Because uh, if if you're listening to this and you haven't heard Serena's episode, I think she's like number ten or something. Did you check? I looked. I'm eleven. Okay, you're number too. eleven, and JB, you're number yeah. what? Uh, thirty nine. Thirty nine. Okay, so yes, if sir. you haven't heard their individual stories, then this one won't be as fulfilling. I don't think, but um, Serena gets free from a whole lot of stuff. JB gets free from a whole lot of stuff. And I was recording a podcast with you, Jonathan. And after the podcast, I was like, man, this is a really good dude. Not just because like he's free as a breeze and always at ease, but because (laughs) he's just a good dude. And I was like, have you ever thought about Serena? Like, this isn't the Holy Spirit, but have you ever thought about Serena? And you, like, you like flipped out. You were like, what did you say? Dude, <laughs> you blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, Serena Michelle Wineland? <laughs> and Serena Beth Wineland? That's what I said. Serena Beth Wineland? Serena Beth Wineland. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you were like, what? But um, I think it goes back before this. Serena, like... What what was uh what was going on with you and how like I remember you and I had a conversation where you were like I'm never getting married because that's just how it is and I was because like because I don't I yeah I was like I don't I'm not going I'm probably not going to get married because I don't need to get married so <laughs> that's why you weren't going to get married let's so let's talk about yeah. that lie for a minute that um <laughs> Like everybody who's gotten married didn't need to get married, by the way. So, but you were different. Let's talk about that lie. Yeah. So, because before freedom, I was so codependent. And I was just codependent on wanting to be married. And it was just this huge, deep desire. And it just was what I wanted to do. And then. And this was before freedom. I actually 180 about a year before freedom. And I was like, I started recognizing these patterns. And so within Adam one, I started setting these laws into myself. And I was getting into a lot of behavior modification. And I was like, I'm going to become like a good person. I like started begging God for forgiveness for all these things I had done wrong. And I was like, God, I'm not going to date anymore. Like, I'm not going to pursue relationships. If guys pursue me, it is a hard no. I don't care who the heck they think they are. And so for about a year, I was... I was really single and I was reading all these personal growth and development development books and these Christian relationship dating books. And I was listening to this dating podcast and I was just like, I was trying to learn how to be a good person because I believed the lie that in order for God to want to give me a husband, I was believing that I had to like become a certain person that God would say, all right, now she's worthy and ready for a relationship. Well, then walks freedom into my life. And with freedom into my life, I started realizing what it meant to be loved by God. And I was so loved by him for the first time. Like I was always loved by him, but it was the recognition of how how much he loves me. 
and in realizing how much he loves me, I would wake up every morning. I'd be like, Father, I am just living in another day in my love story with you. And it was very freeing because I went from heart, like just being like, I'm not going to date. I'm not going to think about guys to all of a sudden I just like wasn't thinking about dating and wasn't thinking about guys because I wasn't trying really hard not to be codependent. I realized that I had been made one with Christ and that like my love story was with the one who created me. And so it was like in this mindset of just, I am so perfectly loved by my father. But then I had taken it to the point where I was like, yeah, so I don't need to get married. And I just thought, I still had the lie that I I wasn't trustworthy to have a relationship because I didn't think that, well, because God hasn't given me one, it just means I'm not supposed to have a, have a spouse. You know, I was like, I'm almost 30 and, and that's fine. Like, I don't need a husband. I was like, you know, I could be single the rest of my life and I am so good, which is true. Let's talk about that lie for a second. Uh, when somebody is single past the age of i don't know in the adventist world it's probably like, like mid to late 20s <laughs> <or something. Yeah. laughs> like, graduated from college yeah, yeah. you graduated from college without a, like any a type of other. like people panicked when i got out of college i actually had a pastor friend he knew me all growing up and he goes, you're telling me that you graduated from Andrews University and you don't have a prospect for a husband? And he was dead serious. Like you ain't out there prospecting? And I was pretty <laughs> sassy with him because I knew him and I was, I looked back at him and I'm like, you don't think that my God's big enough to bring me a husband outside of Andrews University? <laughs> and I was for real. Um, but yeah, there's a big, there's a big lie out there. Yeah. But you start thinking these weird things. And because like, you don't want to face up with what you think is the truth. And the truth that you don't want to face up with is this, that you're not enough. In your mind, that's mm-hmm. the truth that you're really scared of that you don't want to deal with. So yeah. instead of dealing with that thing that you think is true, but you don't want to be true, but you think is true, but you don't want to be true, you start saying yeah. things like, I'm single because God is doing this, or God is doing that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and God is doing yeah. this. And it's like all of these things that God is doing because you're single, rather than just like knowing what he has done, knowing who he is. You're like putting a bunch of stuff on him because if you don't put that stuff on him, you're going to have to deal with this thing that you believe is true. Uh, Spoiler alert, that thing is not true. Like you don't have to worry about that thing being true because it's not. You are enough. But because you're single, you don't really believe it. And there's lies that come in and you've got to position God as doing something. But then it gets super weird. And you're putting and then you these position weird things yourself. on God. Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, you're positioning yourself to be to be p- potentially less than what God created you to be. Because when you're thinking He's not doing this thing for you, it's a belief that you're lacking in some area, and you think you're lacking in this area because you're seeing all these other people around you, like quote unquote, move on, and you're like. 
oh, well, so-and-so is getting married and they're getting married and like, God, where's my husband? And it's this lack that people believe that they need a spouse. And then you start playing this other game, which is equally damaging. And, but not just because it positions you in a whack way, but then puts pressure on you. And it's more so for women than men. And it's called the, you're on the clock. Like, you have to have children at this age. And if you have children at this age, you have to be married by this age. And as time goes on, you start looking at that and you're like, oh no, oh no. And you're starting to feel pressure. And then when you start feeling pressure, you make stupid decisions. And you see like this this cycle that you can get on if you start feeling the pressure and start believing like my time's always almost up. And then it's not just like the enemy that's putting that pressure on you. It's like your in-law, not your in-laws. It's like your family. You're like your relatives. Every family reunion is like, Hey, so, you know, so it gets kind of weird. Um, Wow. And you can't just live and love and, and be happy. And people are like, how are you happy? Even if you're not married, even though they're married and they're not happy at all. I mean, I'm, I'm just going, this is so interesting. No. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the presence of this lie, right? Like I remember hearing two, two different phrases from people who were like giving me advice, but it was very whack advice. And one of them at one point, he was like, he's like, Jonathan, the thing you got to remember. And he was a dude that was, I don't know, at the time he was pushing 30 and I was in my early twenties and, um, and he was very single because of the way that he, not, not because of whatever. Anyway, the, the <laughs> advice that he was giving me that was really messed up. He was like, he's like, you got to remember, dude, men get older, but women stay 21. And I was like, oh, geez. What does that that's, mean? That's messed up. He's like, he's like, he's like, I can, I can be 35, but I'll still find a wife that's 21. Yeah, so that's it was that one. And then, and then another one that someone else told me, and this one was a little more like, I didn't see it till later how whack it was, but he was like, yeah, here's the thing about men. He's like, when, as men get older, they just get handsome, but women get ugly fast. Oh my goodness. And I was like, bro, like, but he was, he was saying that semi genuinely. And he was like, yeah, they're on a clock, but men just keep looking what better was the and better. Point and I was of like, this? I, I think he was just trying to give me some manly advice. It was one of those <laughs> like, yeah. Like, come here, my um, brother. I gotta, I gotta tell you something about, about how twenty-one-year-olds stay twenty-one, and you're just like, uh, thanks, pal. So as yeah, as like, you're single and you're in your early twenties, and but still in the in the world that we live in, uh, once you graduate mm-hmm. college, it's like a like last chance ranch is known as Loma Linda University or the <laughs> seminary. And you're just like, I'm moving to last chance ranch, and if you guys don't. If you're a listener and you don't understand this, good for you because yeah. it's uh yeah, what were uh, were there man my cough. Is there any lies that were happening with you that you were paying attention to as you're Yeah, well before I got free, all of my relationships happened because I was just bonding over brokenness with somebody else. So it was never like like I'm I'm living in my best life and they're living in their best life. And it's like, wow, it makes sense. Let's start dating. Like that'd be fun. It's like, let's share in our, like 
our weaknesses. We have these things in common. Like I never actually would pursue somebody for a relationship because I was scared of rejection. But if they also had similar insecurities, I could find a place to like relate to somebody. And then just a a relationship would spontaneously happen over the course of a period of time of bonding over brokenness. Um, and that was, that was a pattern that once I got free, I was like, Oh my gosh, every single, like, it wasn't like I dated a lot of people, but the handful of relationships that I had high school and into college were all that way. Huh? Um, so then when you get free, what's that like? I just knew I was good. And I knew that, that the way that I had gotten in relationships before was so unfulfilling And so I was just exploring, like I was trying to figure out what that looked like, but it wasn't, there was no pressure for me to like find somebody and get in a relationship. I was just enjoying living free. Um, If there was any lie that was present, it was this, it was that I wasn't 100% already free. And like, I still struggled for a time with porn, even after like the revelation of how loved I was. Mm -hmm. And because I thought, well, in that, in that quotation struggle, right. I was like, I'm not enough. Like I, I don't deserve. And so I wouldn't even put myself out there. Cause it was still like a fear of that rejection. Um, yeah. Huh. And so, yeah, speaking of the fear of rejection, there's this thing that because we fear rejection so much, we won't put ourselves out there because uh, if we do put ourselves out there, um, there's that chance. There's that risk that mm. someone won't like what we have to offer. And I remember I thought that's what you were doing, Serena. Like we were having a conversation one day and you're just like, well, I'm not going to get married. So, and I was just like, but Serena, but you want to be married. And you're, but you were so afraid to think, well, yeah, I I do actually want to be married because if you want to be married, again, we think God is like, oh, you want to be married? Well, forget about it. Like, (laughs) I don't know why (laughs) you put that on him, but that's what we do. And that's what I thought you were living in. You remember this? Yeah, I think I just. Yeah, I just, I was open-minded to God bringing me a husband, but I wasn't banking on it. And I was not living my life thinking like, oh, a husband's coming because like I said, in freedom, I just, I was so overwhelmed by the love of God. Two months later after I got free, I moved to a city where I knew nobody and I was just living in like my whole life was a secret place because I was living in a city where everything was shut down. I was working from home. I didn't know anybody. So it was just like me and God all the time. And I was just like, this is my love story with him. And so I was never even thinking about being with somebody because I just, it was still that trickling of a lie from like old dead Serena. That was just like, you're not worthy to have someone And I remember it was a few months before you and I had that conversation. Holy Spirit told me in the secret place, Serena, it was so clear. And it was Serena, I trust you with my son. Hmm. 
And I knew he was talking about a husband. And I was, I mean, it wrecked me to tears. And it was the first time God opened my mind to saying, I trust you with a husband. Mm -hmm. But I still wasn't thinking like, oh, some, like there's going to be one. Because I was just so focused on like, I'm like, I've got these goals. Like, I'm going to do this life. Like, I got this. Like, I, yeah, I was just like, I don't need somebody, which was true. Like, I don't need somebody. But it was in a very subconscious self-preservation way for if, if it didn't happen, like, see, I was good. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that's where I was at. So then when you and I had that conversation and, and you made some like like some comment to me about it. We got off the phone. I was like, "Why did Richard say that?" And I was like, really weirded out about it. It wasn't weird. He's I, mean. Richard's mean. Why would he say that? I never thought you were mean. I like honesty, and uh, I like that you're so black and white. And that's why I love you as a friend because you will shoot it straight to me. And like you just made a comment that like rubbed me the wrong way in a good way where it was like, well, God, apparently we need to talk about that one because I don't know why you had Richard say that. That was kind of annoying, but obviously I needed to hear it. And I didn't understand at the at the moment, you were like, go think about this thing that you just said and then call me back. <laughs> and you like hung up. <laughs> I remember I was in a banana republic uh, trying yes, on clothes. I, I remember that. Yes, you were shopping. <laughs> you were trying on clothes. You were like making a return or something. I don't yeah. know. It was a big um, deal. It was a, a busy Sunday. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just like, it hit me. I was like, I don't want you to put God in a box that yeah. says um, he's not going to do this thing for me. And But it's actually, the you put him in that box because you're just afraid that what if he doesn't do that thing for me? Yeah. And then you told me, you were like, Serena, you know, you can ask for things. Cause then I remember I called you back and we talked and, and I still didn't have like full clarity on it, but I, I, it was like being flushed out in the spirit. And then you're like, Serena, you know, you can ask for things. And I was like, yeah. And you, and you said something like, have you asked God for a husband? And I was like, no. And then <laughs> The next morning I went to the gym and it was funny. I was the only one in the gym. And I just remember I was like standing at the squat rack and I looked in the mirror and I like looked at myself and I was like, God, I'm going to ask you for something. I, you know what? I realized I'd never really ask you for things. And I said, I'm asking for a husband. And I was so sincere and it was, it was just wild because that same morning in the secret place I had read, it was in the beginning of John, I think it's 14 and 15. It talks about how, when we ask thing in his, we like ask in his name, we will receive. Uh And it was just so powerful to what you had already told me. And so I was like, fine, I'm going to ask. But then you, you said, Serena, we get to ask God for things. And then we just forget about it. Like we don't stew on it. We don't wait for it. Like I think sometimes people like make a request to God and then they, they're standing at the microwave trying to pop their popcorn. And they're like every five seconds, like opening up the, the door to see if the popcorn's popped. And it's just like, let it go. And you're mm-hmm. like, Serena, you can request and then forget about it. Like don't stew on it. Just ask for something and then let it go. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. And so I for, I straight up forgot about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. 
And that and was so, February or March? That was February or March of 2020? 2021. It was just last February, year? March 2021. Yeah. Mercy. And then, and um, at that point, Jonathan had started coming to the Saturday morning Bible studies about January consistently of 2021. And I remember when he first got on a Bible study, I was like, is that Jonathan Bradshaw? I didn't recognize him because the last time I saw him was years ago and he had a massive fro. And shout I was out like, to the fro. Oh, shout out. Yeah. yeah. It's a glow up. You can see it. Episode 39. Yeah. yeah picture. 39. I chose it for the reason. 16, 16 year old Jonathan. <laughs> you were 16 in and that picture? Yeah. Dang. <laughs> you, you did him dirty. Uh, I've done some people dirty. Uh, but that's season one, old Richard. <laughs> season two, uh, we have artwork, so I don't have to do that. Uh, keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, Jonathan started coming, and I just, I, again, I was not looking. I was not interested in anybody or anything, and I just remember seeing him. I just was super excited and pumped for him to be there. And I was like, well, he's either had his life changed by the gospel or it's about to be. But he showed up every single week. Like he was loyal to the soil to these Bible studies. And he would just sit there and he'd have a big smile on his face. And he never talked. Um, Yeah. Except one time I did say to him, I was like, Jonathan, it's been years. I haven't seen you in so long. I said, why don't you share your testimony with us? (laughs) And he gave a really lame, like, 30-second... There's no condemnation for me because I'm in Christ and the spirit of life has set me free from the spirit of death. That was pretty much it. Yeah, that was... I don't know if you remember it, but... <laughs> yeah. It was, that like... Was spot on. No condemnation. My big thing was... My big thing was no condemnation, Romans 8.1. And, yeah, we didn't really know each other. Like, we had met years ago, but... Yeah. We knew each other's faces, we knew each other's names, but that, but was, that was it. it. That was yeah. it. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to back up a little bit. Like, so for me, kind of coming into freedom and like what I learned is I was I got free. And then the summer, uh, two summers after I got free, I decided to go back and work at summer camp for a summer when COVID happened because the camp that I worked at was open. And I remember it was really funny, like the director. Oh, no, I don't even know. Yeah. Like we're really close and like. There was just some people in the community. They were like, well, we're, we're trying to set, they were kind of trying to set me up with some people like Jonathan's so vibrant. Jonathan's got so much, whatever. And like, let's get this dude dating. And I just never sat right <laughs> in my heart. Um, and it wasn't anything against anybody. I just was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And then I, I kind of struggled with like the concept of dating that summer. And then at the end of the summer, I was reading a book and it was, it was, it was just, making me think different than I had before. And I just realized like God revealed in that, like revealed to me, like the dream that I have in life as far pertaining to like family and stuff was like, just to have a family that plays a lot. Like that was what he revealed to me. And I was like, Oh, that means that like I can pursue the desires of my heart and God's put that there. And it's a good thing. Hmm. And that means there will be a wife. Like, and it would then, and then from then on, it was never even something I was like, I was like, whoever I end up meeting is going to have a similar like vision in life, you know? 
And I didn't know what that looked like. I, I had no idea, but that was what I just, I sat in that knowing. Hmm. There was just a piece about not needing to like stress out about a relationship. I yeah. Which I was in the same place. I had so many people so concerned about me being single for so long and they're like, don't you just want to go on a date? Like, are you dating? I had family and friends and grandparents that were so concerned. And then I was now living in a city where I didn't know anybody and I was working from home and like people were just very concerned. They're like, aren't you lonely? Like, what are you doing? And I was living my best life because yeah. <laughs> I just was like soaking in the spirit. And I'm like, oh, I'm not lonely at all. I haven't seen anybody in a week, but I'm not lonely. <laughs> mm. And and it's like, I think my biggest thing is when I've had people say to me, like, that's so cool that God could do that for you and not for me. It's like, listen, I'm his daughter just as much as you're his daughter. So mm. you get to believe that he, he will, like, he will do that for you because I was not trying to take control of some situation. Like I think so much of the lie of the enemy is like that you need to be in control. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think so much of dating is you being in control because everyone was trying to encourage me to quote unquote, put myself out there when I knew deep in my heart, I, I was like, God will bring me someone. I am not concerned. Like I had, I had no, even before freedom, I just was like, I had, like I told that pastor, I'm like, my God is not so small that he can't bring me a husband. Like I'm, I'm not concerned about that. And, and we don't need to, like my story is like, literally you do not need to like throw yourself out there. And I, I, he was in Boise. I was in Chicago and I was living in a quarantine city working from home. <laughs> and it's it's such a testimony that, that I didn't do a thing. That's what I want to ask about, and I I kind of want to jump ahead here. Um, mm-hmm. Some of a lot of your friends and people that love you and you love them are are mentioning, "Hey, what about this guy? Hey, what about what about her?" And you end up just telling her, "Listen." Uh, yeah, I, I noticed said, that you were noticing uh, me, and I wanted to put you on notice that I'm noticing you too. No, you didn't say that, but you. Uh, no, we. <clears throat> yeah, I was. I was. We we had just been talking a little bit, and I just straight up was like, "Hey, Serena, like, I, we hadn't talked much, but I just, I knew I wanted to pursue her, so I said I'd like to pursue a relationship with you with the intention of dating you, and I said like." Holy Spirit's revealed a few things and it's been blowing my mind. And I just love to share that with you. But of course, like take it to the secret place. Like I'm not trying to be that guy. That's like, God told me you're my wife. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, wasn't, so... I was like, I was like, that's the most creepy thing ever. Like that's not <laughs> in, in the wrong context, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome because I, I had full confidence of what Holy Spirit was speaking to me about him. And like when he was brought, like when there was awareness to him brought, it was completely by God. It was by no one else. Like, cause Eddie had texted me, open your eyes, but that was all he said. Like there was no name. There was nothing. It was just like, open your eyes. And I said, what? And he said, you know what I'm talking about? 
And that was all that was said. And I was like, God, what is what? And Holy Spirit was like, Serena, open your eyes to Jonathan. And it was so clear. And so then for a couple weeks, God was just, God was just opening my eyes to who he was. And he had no idea. And so I just started paying attention to him. And it wasn't some in some weird infatuation. It was just more so God just saying, like, you can notice somebody. And Jonathan's a gift that I'm giving you. Hmm. And you can be open to receiving the gift because you don't have to earn a gift or work for a gift. And you just get to trust that what what I'm saying is good is good. And so when Jonathan and I were messaging one day after the Bible study and we got into a conversation and then through that conversation, just Holy Spirit was speaking to me even then and he didn't know it, but like Holy Spirit's like, see, he's saying this and he's saying this. And like, these are things I'm like, I know your heart desires and this is who this is like, who's going to be. And then when he said to me, he's like, Hey, um, Holy Spirit has like really had you on my heart and I want to pursue you. Please pray about it. I with confidence was like, oh, I actually don't need to pray about it because God's been talking to me about you too. And I said, we should FaceTime because <laughs> obviously we have some things to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I wanted to take a break right now to tell you about our Bible studies and we have Bible studies. We have, we have them almost every single day. So if you want to vibe with this community, you want to talk to people who have been walking this out, you have questions, you want to you want to see where in the Bible it says the stuff that we're talking about, then like I said, you have many opportunities. We got Monday night, we got Tuesday morning, slash Tuesday afternoon, depending on what part of the country you're in. We've got Wednesday morning, we got Wednesday night. Ah, uh, man, we got we got so many Bible studies. So please email study at lovereality.org and we'll send you all the hookups you'll have all the information and uh, you can join up to whichever one is the most convenient or fits your schedule this is where life happens this is where it's going down steady at lovereality.org I want to ask about the difference between dating in like Adam 1 and what you guys did because I think that dating is kind of just setting yourself up for divorce. It's kind of like seeing yeah. what do I not like about this person or what does yeah. what yeah. can I live with or what what is this and what is the difference between like measuring somebody up and then doing what you guys did cuz I don't think I even understand what you guys did. I from where I was standing it had been put on my heart to pursue Serena. Like, and I was like, well, it makes sense to move in that direction. And I realized like it, it, like I had some feelings about like, wow, I'm just like not, not so much shooting my shot, but I'm pursuing her. And if I'm rejected, I'm not actually rejected. Yeah. Hmm. Because like we don't live with rejection anymore as part of our, our Adam two makeup, right? Like, and so I knew like, even when I sent it, I was like, Hey, that's wild. But as soon as I sent this, this message where I was like, Serena, I'd like to pursue a relationship with you with the intention of dating you. And it was just very direct and, and, and straight up. Like 
once I'd sent that message, I had so much peace about whether she said yes or no, or like was weird about it or whatever. Like, cause I didn't need her to accept that for me to be okay. And, um, I just remember being like, Oh, there's some, there's some peace about that. Like that was cool. My life was going to go on no matter what. And I was going to live in the confidence and the, in the, and the joy that I had been given. And I didn't find my identity in the relationship like I had before. Um, which is crazy because before I got free, like I never would have done that because I was afraid of being rejected. And now that I wasn't afraid of being rejected, like I was willing to put something on the line, even though, I mean, it's pursue Christ. I mean, husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for them. Um, having cleansed there by, by the washing of the water, something like that in Ephesians five, right? Like right, yeah. Christ pursues the church and gives himself up for her. Like, and the church didn't anything. do anything like the church did nothing to prove that they were worthy of being pursued or yeah. worthy of dying for. And when we had our first, like when we FaceTimed and like, he was sharing things and I was sharing things that God had been put on my heart, but about Jonathan, we like, we just knew that I I knew Jonathan was a gift and he knew I was a gift. And like, we talked about that and it was just like a gift. You, you don't need to earn a gift and you don't have to receive a gift because if I sent you a gift, Richard, you could not want it and send it back. Like, hmm. and so we knew that this was a gift and we could either choose to just accept the gift or not accept the gift. But we were just like, we trust our heavenly father so much because I did not used to trust God. Like I would not have trusted God to like, quote unquote, bring somebody into my life because I always thought God was trying to screw me over, <laughs> which is not love. Right. Like it's not love, but that's what I thought. I, like God's going to give you this guy, but, and you're going to have to like grit your teeth and deal yeah. with him the rest of your life. Yeah. I thought I was yeah. just going to have to like accept whatever, whoever God brought along, but I knew I was free to choose or not to choose. And, uh, I just remember thinking like, God, I have lived my best love story with you for the last year. And I just know that you know me so well and I just trust that this gift you're bringing me is like the best gift ever because mm. you qualified my heart to desire and you know the desires of my heart. Therefore, you're the best one to fit the desires of my heart. And mm. so when Jonathan and I, like after that FaceTime call, we just knew we were in agreement. Well, and I'll say like during the call, I remember we're having this conversation. We had like a three hour conversation and it was the first conversation after knowing like the intention from right. both sides, right? And in the middle of this conversation, Serena, we both kind of just shared our testimonies and shared our stories. And like in the middle of the conversation, though, like I looked at her and just I was like, I already love her. But it wasn't like like the movies, like <laughs> like I'm infatuated to the point. Of, like I like I, I don't I don't want to misuse that word. Like I loved her in that I knew that I had chosen to pursue her. And Without that love, that love to... at this point in the relationship, like it looks like an action hmm. and it's, it's pursuing her. And so I knew that what, it, like whatever concept of love that I'd had before was, was different than what this was. And there was yeah. like a, um, it was exciting. Yeah. And it was exciting. Me, 
He told me, he said, I am going to pursue you and you don't need to do anything for me to pursue you. Hmm. And it was, this was over text like a few days later and it was like beautifully written some Bible verse, like from Ephesians five in there. And it made me cry because Holy Spirit was just continuously reminding me how well he knew me. And it was that old Serena constantly felt like she needed to like be desirable enough to be pursued and like, you know, just seem like wife material and like do good things or be a good person. And he just like released me from that pressure that I hadn't even thought about yet. And he was like, you don't need to do anything for me to pursue you. And it just was so peaceful and so restful. And I just thought, Wow. Because then when he came to visit, I remember I went to pick him up from the airport and a friend had asked me like, what are you wearing? Mm -hmm. And I hadn't even thought about it. And I was like, uh, just like, I think I was like in jeans and a nice shirt or something (laughs) from work. And they're like, oh, okay. And on the way I was like, God, like, why do I not care? And it was just because I had nothing to prove. Like I knew him coming to visit was us not trying to like figure it out and see if it works and see if we mesh like he was just coming and we were we were just going to enjoy one another and there was no pressure of performance on either of our ends to like put some best foot forward to say like see i'm worthy Hmm. (laughs) so and i'll say in in the dating side like one of the one of the early as soon as like like i'd heard serena's name from the Holy Spirit and like, that's a good thing. One of the first things that hit me and hit me a number of times and I was just like, that's not it. Thank you. Was that, um, was that she's too good for me. Hmm. Like, and that was something that like a number of times I remember that thought coming, like she's too good for me. And it was just a, a cool opportunity to reestablish myself in my identity. Like, no, you're never anything less than who he says you are. Like you're a son of the king, like stand in that confidence, hmm. right? Like yeah, he's, but- he's given you a gift. And um, I think that's something that I would assume that's something that other people have in dating relationships are like, oh, they're too good for me. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not that good. You know, like that, that's bonkers. Don't believe that. Mercy. So, so as you guys are then together – did marriage just become like this obvious thing that was coming up? It's just like, you didn't even like, it's just like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, like that's where we're headed. Right. Or, or was it like a surprise? Like, should we like, what was that? I mean, I think, yeah, we just knew that we were in agreement that in us saying yes to one another, we just, and that I just think within the first month, we just knew the intentions of our heart were like this, this type of relational love in Christ and understanding what it means to be in covenant. We just knew. Yeah. Because you, you know I wasn't, I was, <laughs> I wasn't it. dating around. Yeah. I, I wasn't out there like trying on clothes to see what fits like test driving cars. <laughs> Like I was over that phase. Like I don't. I don't know. Like we were, we were dead to that phase. Like we, yeah. we were not in that realm anymore. 
It's like my father said something, I believe him, and like it's a done deal. It's I didn't like, think it was going to happen the way it did, but it's like, how does this work if you're not free? I don't think it does. Like you have to yeah. be, you have to know who you are in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if you're thinking like, I don't know, like God's waiting for me to know something before he da 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 da. Like we talked about that before, but one thing that it would be good for you to know is who you are in Christ. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Because all an identity, like when you know your identity, you also know that you're trustworthy. You trust God, and there's there's that confidence, and you know that confidence that comes with walking with your faith resting in His power. And I've had people like my whole past screams date someone for four to five years, <laughs> and. And see their true colors and let that other shoe drop. And then it's not going to be what that person faked it to be. And like, I used to say like, oh, I'm going to date someone for at least three to four years. Because I just like all the relationships for me growing up were someone pretending to be something that they're not. And then later there's relationship, whether it was like my parents or step parents or whatever it was, it was just like, Oh, well, someone pretended to be something that they weren't. And so I just always thought like, yeah, I'm going to be dating somebody for a long time. I mean, even the Christian relationship dating books I had been reading were encouraging people to date someone at least through four seasons and like five. It was like five seasons because of the cloud nine euphoric drug that you get in the first 10 months of a relationship. Man, I got that advice too. Yeah. And so it was just all about like protect yourself from, it was all in self-preservation. And it's like, there's this, you know, cloud nine experience that you have in the first year of your relationship. And then you really get to see what it's like. And then in freedom, I was like, listen, y'all, I'm going to be on cloud nine for eternity because like my joy and love does not come from Jonathan. It comes from, it comes from my heavenly father. So Yo, that is some, I just, that's some really good Adam one advice though. Really good Adam one advice because yeah. of this reason. Like if you are not free, um, any kind of relationship or marriage is a roll of the dice. Even if you're yep. a Christian, but you're not free, it's a roll of the dice. And the roll of the dice mm. is you're rolling it hoping that you'll come up with this, that the person that you are dating is uh, different than you are. Like the goal for a successful relationship is that the people are different enough. Like, for example, my wife and I on paper do not work very well because we are too similar. Like hmm. you, you, you hear people talk about um, marry the person that uh, if you drive the car till it's on E that they fill it up at a quarter of a tank, like or that at three quarters of a tank they fill it up, or if you're dirty they're uh, clean. Natalie and I are both people that drive the car till like 10 miles until you need to fill up. We're both <laughs> like, we're very similar and it's the similarities that in the flesh drive people crazy. So yeah. you're rolling the dice that the person that you end up with is much different than you are, but you don't really know that 
if you're just dating them for a year or something. Like, you do need to take a lot of that time. And even if you take two or three years, you still don't know because you're going to change so much. And so it's a yeah. crapshoot unless you're both in the spirit and you're both Yeah, free. unless you just, you don't live with expectations. Yeah, you can't lose. Yeah. Because you're just yeah, loving. freedom, you can't lose. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the ideal, the unspoken ideal in relationships. And it's, it's in the gospel, it's a little different because you lay down your life, like, and you both live in that reality. And so it's a hundred percent, a hundred percent equals one. Yeah. So as you guys uh, get married and uh, spoiler alert, they end up getting married. And um, what have you been learning about love as you've been married for eight months or not? I forget what we said even at the beginning of the podcast. What have you been growing in and learning about as you've been walking out love in marriage? I think the we- this this is going to sound like one of the things that surprised me the most when we first got married is like we're now putting our lives together. And one of the things that that kind of rocked my world a little bit and was like, like secret place looked different because before it was just me. Like I was just doing my thing and like I was alone by myself often every time I'd come home and do something, even if I wasn't home a whole lot, which I wasn't. Um but like I'd come home and I'd sleep and it was just, it was just me, myself and God. Right. And it was, it was, it was an adjustment. Um, yeah, that was an adjustment for both of us. Yeah. To like, to like now all of a sudden there's someone else that I share everything with. And um, that was, I mean, that was an adjustment. It wasn't like for, for a while I was like, this was, this was, this, here it is. For a while I was like, man, like my life is just busier all of a sudden and I don't have time for like to spend the time with God that, that I did before. Hmm. And what I realized in that is like, I had a very good, um, routine before, like I had a lot of good habits before, but God wasn't out here with a clipboard saying, did you spend 25 minutes with me before you did anything else in the morning. Right. Like, like that, that wasn't it. We just live in relationship with him. He's in us. We share our lives with him. And so like if for, for a time, like routine was all screwed up. Right. Cause I, I, I like to be disciplined or scheduled or whatever. Like, I don't know. And um, just understanding that the truth that set me free doesn't change hmm. ever. Yeah, and um, I think within that, we were experiencing, like, routines being changed, and then we were coming together being married, and I think that there was just, like, we were starting to feel and experience irritability, just like hmm. the energy of irritability, mm-hmm. and, like, love, love is not irritable, and love yeah. does not seek its own way. And I remember I started then getting frustrated by like feeling, feeling just energy of irritability. And I was getting frustrated by it because I was like, well, this should not be a thing because love is not irritable. And so then I was getting frustrated that I was like, we're two people living in freedom. Like this should not even be a thing. Like, 
if he's being irritable towards me and then I was just, I was then getting frustrated at him. Like we're free. Like this should not be a thing. And, uh, can I talk about that for a second? Yeah. Sorry. I cut you off. Serena. <laughs> no, that's okay. Like identifying as I'm free. So this shouldn't be a thing gets a little dangerous. And it gets dangerous oh, yeah. because you're identifying with freedom instead of identifying as in Christ. So if you're, like, <laughs> if you're like, I'm free, and so if I'm free, I shouldn't da-da-da-da-da-da-da. What it does is like you can't admit if you're, if you're living whack because, well, I'm free, so I shouldn't be living like this. Rather than you being identified as I am in Christ... And Christ has set me free. So when you're feeling those yeah. things, you can say, oh, this is a thing that Christ has set me free from. And so I will put to death the deeds of the flesh, this self-centeredness, because at the end of the day, it always comes back to self-centeredness. I will put back this, yeah. I will put to death this self-centeredness and I will walk in the truth as who I am rather than, well, I'm free, so I shouldn't even be dealing with this. And I can't admit that I was da 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 because I'm free. And so it becomes this weird thing that we've learned a lot about, that you can't first and foremost identify as, oh, I'm a free person, as before, oh, I'm in Christ. Because in Christ, mm -hmm. of course, you are free. And yes, you are free, but um, you don't face up with what's going on. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's really good. Yeah. And so I started like finding myself frustrated that, I mean, we were having a blast, so this wasn't like huge issues, but as things were coming up in our marriage, I was just then getting discouraged and thinking, this is not what I expected. And which is silly because there's an expectation, but I just started thinking like, this is not what I thought it would be. And subconsciously, I think there started to be this works there that was like, okay, like, how are we going to like work this out? Yeah. How do <laughs> like, we figure this out? Yeah. Like, how do we not figure out this like energy of irritability in times where schedule is thrown off or work is stressful or different things like that? And that is when, I don't know, Richard, you said something so amazing to me when you were like, Serena, marriage isn't beautiful because you're working to make it look and be beautiful. You're like, Marriage is just beautiful because God said it's beautiful. Hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> because my mind started resorting back to, like, the things of dead Serena that were in, like, these relationship books that she had read. And so I was, like, starting to, like, behavior modification. And it was not – it was interesting because I remember my mind felt so blurred, which it was blurred because it just was, like, deception trying to, like, stir in. Mm -hmm. And it was these thoughts that were not mine and thoughts that were not his. And yeah, I was just realizing that Christ lives in both of us. There's this 
lie that says you've got to figure out all of these problems. Like if you're a yes. married couple and you're listening mm. to this. And the lie like, that says you need to find all the lies. <laughs> yeah. You're like, how do yeah. I figure out, like, where do we even start? And I've told this story a bunch where Natalie and I had this fight one time and we didn't even know where to begin. Like we just sat down on the floor and we're like, where do we even start? And so there's this lie that says you actually have to do that rather than just being like, oh, we're new people. We are new <clears throat> people that love each other. Um, we're new because he says we're new. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. We're, we're just new. And so instead of like, yeah, it's good to communicate well. That's great. But what's even better than communicating well is knowing who that other person is in Christ and knowing who you are in Christ. And then it kind of just resets the whole conversation and argument rather <laughs> than trying to peel back all of the layers. When you stand in truth, the lies then become super obvious. Yeah. It's so true. And they seem so... Not a big deal. Like, there's been times where he's, like, come back after, like, if we've, like, had some type of <laughs> disagreement, as my <laughs> as my parents used to call them, as we had a disagreement or an argument, and, like, he, like, like, walks out of the room, and then, like, there's been times where, like, five minutes later, he walks back in and has just been, like, Serena, this isn't us, and I'm sorry. And, like, he just, like, confesses it. And then, for some reason, this huge weight is lifted off my shoulders, and it was just like, we know pride is dead. Yeah. And then we just hug, and we're just like, I love you. One, aw. I remember, I remember, like, one of those conversations that we had, and all I wanted to do afterwards is get away. Like, I wanted to be by myself. I wanted my me time, right? Like, yeah. like didn't want to be near Serena and I'm sitting there and like Holy Spirit just brings up like you pursue your wife. Mm. So if there's something that's keeping you from doing that, you got to know that that died in Christ like 2000 years ago and that's not you. And so it didn't like it was past the feeling and I was just like, Oh, okay. I don't feel like going, but like, I know that I'm dead to that. And I just went to Serena and I was like, yeah, that's not me. Like, that's not us. Like, we're good. And it was yeah. really, it was really cool because it was all encapsulated in that, like, Christ pursued us without us, without anything needing to be right before he did it. Um, Man, love doesn't keep any record of wrongs. Love doesn't yeah. manipulate. Love isn't passive aggressive. Love doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't seek its own. And so if you're doing that, there's probably going to be a fight or a bad feeling. And I just don't, when you're not self-centered, when you're self-sacrificing, when there's no judgment, when you just love the other person exactly as they are for who they are, and you're not loving them so that they can be different or match up to your expectations finally, you can just live sweet, happy, beautiful lives. And it's like you don't need each other. Um, and I think that you had brought this up, kind of this idea, Serena, that 
you don't need each other, but two lights are better than one. Yeah. And so it's good. That's cool. Yeah. Because we run like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's amazing. I'm like, God, I didn't need him, but he's so great. <laughs> like things that I'm really like scatterbrained about. He's like on top of it. Yeah. I love it. Like, amen. It's been cool to watch how like, like just growing together. Like we just complement each other. Yeah. And it's like, that's fun. And even just, but that's not because like we took a, like that's, that's anybody who is married. I've, I'm, I'm confident that they would compliment each other if they like are walking in this freedom. Yeah. Because they're for the other person, you know? Absolutely. So as we're wrapping this up, I'm thinking about someone who's listening to this, who's a single person, single guy, single gal. And they're just like, um, God doesn't love me because he hasn't given me this thing that I've always wanted. Um, what would you say to this person who's listening to this, who is evaluating themselves by the fact that they're not married and the evaluation comes up not good because that's their evaluation. That's their rubric is this thing. And there's like, Oh, well, uh, I'm not married. So that must mean this. What would you tell them? Um, to encourage them? Um, the enemy wants you to believe that like, like if God's put the desire on your heart to have a family and that's something which that you want, the enemy tries to get you to believe that God's saying like, you're not good enough for it. Hmm. Like that's not from God. God is love and a family unit. Like, like the way that that's set up is like anti the enemy. Like, it's just, it's just so good. So, of course, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Yeah, I don't, we yeah, live, like, we live in the supernatural, and he's a God, he's a God that does things just like that. And to God, a day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. So, like, someone's timeline for something of like, Oh, that he just hasn't even come yet. You know, and people are concerned about that. Forget about it. Like you asked God for something and he hears you and he'll deliver. Hmm. Cause he loves you. Because he loved, like if you're doubting it, you're doubting the love of your father. And you're doubting that he knows the desires of your heart, which is a lie. Man, a father wants to give good things to his kids. That's true. Like, I could have never... The the amazing part about this guy is I could have never done this on my own. That's what's wild is, like, I used to have friends be like, get on dating apps and you can see, like, their bios and what you like and don't like and all this stuff. And... It's just wild because I didn't need a dating app. Like I had the king of the universe. Hmm. I did not need to swipe left, swipe right, which that's not wrong, but I didn't need to do that because like the king of the universe said, Serena, I know you and I know what you want. I know you love snowboarding. So I'm going to give you someone who wants, 
who wants to teach your kids how to snowboard because he snowboards too. Like, I'm going to give you someone who's gentle and kind when you're like buck wild and crazy sometimes. Like, (laughs) you know, so there's just these things that like I could not have done this on my own. Like Mm -hmm. supernaturally, my father was like, here's a gift from across the country in the middle of a pandemic. Like you have nothing to worry about. Like Philippians, like cast all your cares upon him, like all your anxieties, like there is nothing to worry about because he's going to do it. So it's kind of like you can ask him and you can be encouraged and you don't have to doubt and then you don't have to think about it anymore. Just know that your father loves you. Just be loved. You just get to learn like... I remember Joyce and I had this conversation and it was so much agreement of just learning what it means to be loved by, by love himself. So that when counterfeits come, you, you can so easily identify the counterfeits because you've been loved by love itself. Hmm. And you live that love story every single second of your day with love itself. So then when counterfeits come, it's, it's easy to identify, but I remember with Jonathan, like the lines were so blurred between Christ and him because I, he just like exuded Christ's light and Christ's love. And like God has an incredible person for the person who's desiring an incredible person. It's almost like God loves us the most through our godly spouse. Like, that's the number one channel he uses. If that spouse isn't godly, he'll use other channels to love you, just like a revelation or his word. Or, yeah. But he he loves to use a godly spouse to love us through. And um, it's a privilege to lay your life down and to sacrifice and to love. And, and I will say one do. thing, that... In my singleness, I remember, even in freedom, I remember thinking that there is something that couples have that singles don't have. I just was like, of course they have stuff that we don't have. And I would be irritated when I would hear a couple say, there's nothing that we have that you don't have. And I was like, that's not true. Like, you have a partner. Like, you have another person that you're besties with you're doing life with and you get to have sex with there was all these things that I was like of course you have more and then now it's so funny because now that I'm married I'm like yep there's nothing that like that I was missing as a single like I look back and I'm like nope I had everything because intimacy in the world standards is like the physical sexual intimacy and Like I was full, I am fully intimate with my heavenly father and I've never even seen him. So intimacy has nothing to do with physicality. Hmm. And I've learned that like I was fully intimate before marriage and my heavenly father, like I'd never seen him, but I was fully known and deeply loved by him. And then now in this relationship, I still have that with my father and like, in this relationship, there is nothing that either one of us have that we didn't have when we were single. In marriage is fun. The thing that awesome. yeah, the thing that we have is it's 
it's not something that's different necessarily for us, but it's a unique expression of who Christ is. Like yeah. two people becoming one, that's but, a good way to put it. but it's not, it's not like my relationship with God is different. Yeah. Like I'm still just as fulfilled as I was before. And I was just as fulfilled before as I am now. Yeah. It's just a different expression of his love. Just like children is like part of his character. Cause who he yeah. is, is create, he's creative and that's a part of it. But no, you, uh, you are filled and fulfilled with Christ. And so you have it all. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we don't want to say that you are, I mean, we talk about this all the time, that you're half a person or you're not a whole person if you're not uh, married. But no, I think this has been powerful. And I think that um, hopefully that the truth will stand out in your story so people can hear that. And if there's lies saying, positioning them as less than, that they can hear that and say, oh, that's, that's a lie. And we can stand yeah. up and walk in truth, right? Absolutely. Thanks so Thanks. much, guys. This was fun. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Hanging out. We love you. Yes. Love you. Got me singing like glory. Yeah. It got me telling my story. Know that your love is pouring on me. And love is pouring on me. River flowing in and never ends. More than life, more than me, more than just pretend. And you can feel in freedom from within. Free to fly, be the child that you've always been. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by gospel-loving listeners just like yourself. If you want to ensure more of these stories are heard by people and help build season three of the show and beyond, we'd ask that you please give to our building fund that's helping support the future of the podcast. It takes equipment and software and time and all that good stuff to make this an amazing listening experience for your ears. So we just ask that you help pay it forward like the person before you did to keep these amazing stories of God's transformative love rolling. You can go to lovereality.org slash give and choose death to life as the option to help us keep reaching more people and ensuring more episodes. Thank you so much, guys. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Got me singing like Oh Singing like